0: Hello, and welcome to Chapter 28 of Romantic Underpinnings.
1: Hi, I'm Andrew.
0: I'm Ashton.
1: And this is the podcast in which we alternate reading chapters of a collaboratively written historical romance novel. They are all first drafts being read aloud for the first time by whichever one of the intrepid hosts did not, in fact, write the chapter that is being read.
0: Save last week's chapter, which we had a malfunction on and had to redo.
1: Oh, yeah. That's right. They know that. All right. Well, Well, they should, right? You know, we're very transparent. We (laughs) would never betray the trust of our adoring fans and our huge audience. Um, This week, as Afton mentioned, is chapter 28. I, Andrew, am the one who wrote it. And... I want to do a plot summary again, but before everyone's ears glaze over, um, we should talk about the socials.
0: Hello, we're at Instagram, at Romantic Underpinnings. Our website's the same as that. And our Twitter is at Pod.
1: Yes, and you can email us at hello at RomanticUnderpinnings.com. All right, so I'll, I'll be quick this time. Uh, the year is 1690. The place is Paris, France. The characters are an English sailing crew that has been, I'm going to say, dragooned into an espionage mission nice. on behalf of King William the I. Uh, the hero is Anthony, uh, currently kept captive at the behest of a shady fellow Englishman operating in Paris under murky circumstances. The heroine from whose perspective I write is Agatha van Hoorn, a Dutch woman who assumed the role of a young uh, male sailor in order to escape semi-imprisonment at the court of the aforementioned king and has entered into a rather comprehensive romantic entanglement with her captain the aforementioned captive. As you can hear...
0: Oh, my God. If only you could see my eye roll, gentle folks. Look. Listen. The
1: the eyes might roll. The ears are enraptured.
0: Mm. You're sure the whole heads aren't rolling? Mm. Are we close to the guillotine? You know... Are we in Paris around that time? When is the let them eat cake? When are they eating cake?
1: No, I mean, the guillotine... Like the French Revolution doesn't kick off until actually 99 years uh, yeah. after the, these events. I think guillotine was invented before then, but I think not that far before then and it was Mm. it was invented by a guy named like mr guillotine are you kidding like yeah like mr guillotine your table is ready what a legacy yeah um i'm pretty sure that's the case but i don't i'm pretty sure it's an 18th century thing so i don't believe it was around but i
0: think his heirs are like living off the guillotine royalties um (laughs) i'm
1: pretty sure it is entered the public domain um invention uh oh no hmm i was wrong i i was totally oh wait no no there is a guy um oh it it yeah so joseph Ignaz Guillotin, um did not necessarily invent the guillotine but he um in 1789 proposed that it be the Uh, main method of capital punishment in France.
0: So it was invented... That was around this time. 1789?
1: No, I mean, that's... It's 99... 1789 is 99 years after the... Are we in 1790?
0: 16. Oh, Jesus. Got it.
1: Yeah. Um... Oh, yeah, yeah. There's really old guillotines around, but I don't think it was a big thing in France at the time.
0: Mm. Anyway... Let's explore language, romance, and resilience. And welcome to Romantic Underpinnings.
1: I have offered an incredible preface that has you all on the edge of your seats, and I will torture you no more. So I I think it is time for Ashton to commence reading.
0: Chapter 28. Agatha shivered despite the balmy night outside. She must have walked down every dark boulevard in the city, narrowly avoiding open sewers and even more narrowly avoiding packs of robbers and other miscreants. Several groups of ill-intentioned men approached her as she stomped around Paris looking for signs of Anthony, but something in the determination of her stride seemed to ward them off. Agatha couldn't stop the intrusive thoughts of (laughs) of Anthony being tied up in a basement somewhere entirely at the mercy of his captors. She knew he was brave and strong, but no man deserved that kind of terror, and she knew that only such an extreme event could have kept him from their appointed meeting. How does she now?
1: Yeah, she She just, she has a good eye or, you know, sense for this kind of thing.
0: He's brave and strong, but he's not, like, the brightest bulb in the bush. Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> At some point, the cramped streets began to broaden and stately trees began to line her walk. The trees and gardens constituted voids in the hazy candlelight that dappled the city, but that only made the palace stand out more. From the shape of the blazing windows before her, Agatha recognized what must have been the Tuileries. Tuileries? Tuileries? Oh,
1: Tuileries is fine.
0: Palace. Strains of violin music reached her across the gardens in stark contrast to the vomiting and rutting she had overheard on her way through the more disreputable streets. All the respectable citizens were in bed, but it seemed that the rich and powerful of Paris kept the same hours as the underworld. And while Anthony may have fallen afoul of a common bandit, Agatha thought it was much more likely that someone had clocked him as a spy. Would someone at the palace be in the business of catching spies? Was it just cold? Hmm?
1: Well... Read the next sentence.
0: Agatha moved closer to the grand facade. What is that?
1: I should have had the squiggly at the bottom. It's facade.
0: Facade.
1: Yeah. No, it was like I think she wasn't sure whether she was really thought that there'd be answers or whether she'd just gotten cold and wanted to warm up in the nice warm building she was at. Uh, like that's sort of the sense I was trying to I convey see. without perhaps the the uh, greatest deftness.
0: Uh, okay. Look, ugh, I hate when you do this to me. What I, is that?
1: It's the cour d'honneur. I I don't know how it's pronounced really. C O U R space d apostrophe H O N N E U R. Um I had to google like palace driveway because they've got those little, you know, there's always like a circular drive in front of the main steps to a big palace or manor or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um it turns out it's called even in like English ones, it's sometimes Seriously? called the I don't know if it's used nowadays, but yeah, like historically it has been called the Cour d'Honneur. I'm making <laughs>
0: Does that work?
1: Well, perfectly. Anyway, it's the only <laughs> time I use that in the chapter, so I think oh, you're thank safe. Oh
0: god. The Cour d'Honneur bustled with carriages coming and going, and from the looks of the partygoers, Agatha could never blend in in her humble Peter de Hout costume. Enormous torches burned on either side of the main door, casting reflections on the silk-clad figures ascending and descending the steps. Agatha stuck to the shadows and worked her way to a side entrance, down a set of stairs with a wobbly iron railing. Despite the dancing and scheming still going on in the palace, the kitchen staff must have finally been given a rest. Agatha found the door unlocked and snuck into the dark kitchen. The dark and cavernous space had sharp-cornered wooden tables, Spread out at perfect intervals to allow for quickly walking into them. Into, quickly walking into, into the
1: them? tables. I was really having trouble with that sentence. The only way out was through. Also, did you get that it was dark? Yeah. Okay, good. I mentioned it a couple times.
0: <laughs> so, but like she's running into them. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay.
1: She keeps picking up speed in this huge room got it and then like being like once she as soon as she pick up picks up speed she runs into another table and it, has to start again it.
0: okay sorry <clears throat> producing well let me the dark and cavernous space had sharp cornered wooden tables spread out at perfect intervals to allow for quickly walking into them producing clatters of cutlery and dins of descending dishes oh that's nice though
1: what i have fun
0: (laughs) after the third or fourth noisy blunder a woman bearing a torch peeked around what must have been the door that agatha had searched for agatha improvised excuse me madame i've been sent to pick up extra food and distribute it to the poor the poor when has king louis ever cared about the poor torchlight revealed a solidly built woman still wearing a greasy apron younger than the lines on her face made her look I'm a student at the Notre Dame Parish School, I heard that the bishop gave a very inspiring sermon last Sunday, and the king found himself moved by the spirit of charity. Charity, huh? He just spent a king's ransom, if you'll excuse the term, on flowers for tonight's fiat. fiat. Fet. Fet. Fiat. Oh, it's a car. <laughs> <sighs>
1: Full of... It smells great. Though. Oh, my
0: God. You know, I just... I don't know, anyway. anywhere. Okay. But if it makes his majesty feel better, there's a pile of goosenecks there, here, and a few cakes. I'll leave them on the table. Why don't you have a torch? The cook asked. Um, I've taken a vow to eschew material possessions. It's all the rage at school. Oh my god, this is, like, ridiculous. (laughs) The cook glowered. I hope you don't eschew this torch. We've all stayed up far too late serving the high and mighty... And I don't want you waking up any more of my staff, not to mention breaking all the fine china. I can make my way back in the dark. I can't believe this cook bought it.
1: Well, she had to for plot reasons.
0: Right. I mean, I know. But like any actual good cook of uh, whatever, worth her salt, would never have gone along with this.
1: Uh, She is very unsatisfied With her job. I
0: guess she doesn't give a fuck.
1: That's sort of what I was trying to do, but sometime when I'm not, um, just straining really hard to extrude, uh, 1500 words by any means necessary, I'll go (laughs) back and make it, uh, make it, uh, make it hang together a little
0: better. Was it really hard this time? Um,
1: Yes, I think I've been doing less other writing,
0: mm.
1: um, and thus I was like, wait, what is this thing? What is writing? Why do we do this? <laughs> why can't we just be why lying? Why do we do this? Yeah, like, why can't we just be, like, lying on divans, being fanned by huge palm leaves? Like, what's, why am I writing? So I had a little bit of that going on, mm. and so this is a shock to the system. Did I'm a little rusty. Did you figure it out? Well, we'll find out over the course of this chapter as usual you know obviously the clarity suffers so there's there's always fun little nuggets in the prose that i can find but i did decide early on not to worry about um uh you know convincing situations and character motivations those <laughs> things can all be tightened up but the fun turns of phrase really make everything uh, work
0: all right that's what i've decided all right, that's a good decision. <clears throat> Agatha weaved her way through the light and took the proffered torch. The cook simply shrugged and walked down a dark hallway. Deciding that her luck would continue, Agatha stalked down the hallway, opening every door that looked like a closet. Eventually, she found a rack of what appeared to be footmen's uniforms. So she returned to the kitchen and laid them out on a bare table. Laid them. What? I think that's the wrong tense, right?
1: Oh, and lay them out. Oh. Laid, L-A-I-D. Well, all I know is that those footmen's uniforms got laid. Got
0: laid. After changing into the smallest one, she stuffed the rest into the sack of goosenecks and made her way down the music emanating from... Towards the music. Jesus, that was my bad. (laughs) Toward the music emanating from upstairs. A narrow spiral staircase led... To an even narrower door, which she discovered in a blaze of disorientating light to be mirrored in the mirrored panel in the grand ballroom. You've really got a dark light thing going on. Yes. (laughs) Agatha quickly ensconced her torch in the stairwell and stepped into the ballroom, puffing up her chest and trying to look vigilant.
1: Can we just, can I just stop and pat myself on the back well for
0: ensconcing
1: yeah well, i do like wh- what i love is that's like a non that's like a literal usage of the right. word that's like what she it, like, literally she put it put it in, sconce. in the sconce i'm yeah.
0: like a, yeah. that verb has been used for so many other stupid things and this is like the actual action
1: yeah it's yeah so like i don't want like i'm not patting mm-hmm. myself on the back because i'm brilliant for like using it i'm just like happy on behalf of the word ensconced right that it got to be used in that sense anyway. oh i
0: got it i was gonna comment <laughs> couples world around the dance floor blaring blaring the whooshing of skirts do, do the whooshing of skirts blur blare
1: wait oh oh yeah god, oh god that's a horrible sentence <laughs> well i was trying to mention talk about how they're making a bunch of sounds right. as they pass including the blaring of the, sorry, including the blaring,
0: the blaring of the, blaring the whooshing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, couples whirl around the dance floor, blaring the whooshing of skirts and the creak of whalebone. I do like the creak of whalebone. Even
1: the whooshing of skirts can work, but the blaring, the has blaring to of the
0: whooshing <laughs> is not ideal. Yeah.
1: In a blur of the whooshing, and blaring a blur of the whooshing of skirts.
0: <sighs> yes. The whooshing and the creaking of the whalebone. The whoosh of the creak of the (laughs) whalebone.
1: Anyway. Uh We, we, yeah, let's forget that ever happened and keep going.
0: Their faces were all caked with bone white makeup interrupted by fake beauty marks. Did you actually look up when makeup like that was happening?
1: I mean, I'm pretty sure it was happening in, I mean, it was happening in England in like the uh, 16th century. So I assume I was around in the 17th. I don't know was popular in france at the time but
0: yeah wasn't that white powder made out of something like poisonous and a lot of women like got yeah, skin diseases yeah, well, because I,
1: i'm pretty sure lead was involved lead, in some yeah, of it. yeah 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 So i don't know if these were the lead, got lead days poisoning. but <laughs> yeah and i like yeah and for all i know fake beauty marks were a little later like i know that was definitely all the rage closer to the revolution but who knows
0: hmm, okay Agatha didn't envy the servants, who would presumably have to hose them down later. I'm trying to get all that lead off. The dance floor didn't house the kind of intrigue that Agatha sought, so she tried to stride as purposefully as possible to a dark room where she thought she saw a billiards table. As she got closer, Agatha heard a cacophony of masculine voices, and registered with the surprise, that the loudest one was speaking English. Okay, <gasps> before we get to the major plot
1: point, I do have to share something amazing from my quick... um. I want to call it research, but it was literally just spending, like, Googling. five minutes at Wikipedia. But um, I did look up to see the history of billiards. And, like, mm. what we recognize as billiards was not really, um like, a thing. At least not in France. But... In France, like at the time this takes place, they had like table games with cues, but it was almost like a combination of pools and mini golf. There were like little obstacles on the table. Weird. That they shot the balls around. There's actually a woodcut of like like uh some of the French royal family at this time, like some people younger than Louis XIV, like playing that. That would have been within ten or fifteen years of this, and they were like alive during this time frame. So it was pretty cool to see. And now I want to play like mini golf, pool. I think uh, that grand tradition has been taken from us, and I want to restore it.
0: I think we're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look up this woodcut later.
1: Well, I'll take you upstairs to see my etchings.
0: Oh God. Okay. Agatha stood just outside the door to the billiard room looking out at the dancers but listening in on the men as best she could you should have seen him said the english voice with a body like that it's a shame that king william wanted to throw his life away another man said in french i congratulate you trotter but it's highly unseemly to speak english at an event like this you'll be less valuable to king louis if everyone knows what you're doing the english man named trotter continued in his mother tongue Although he must have understood perfectly. Piffle, I may not agree with the Dutch Protestant who befouls the throne, but the English language is one of God's greatest inventions. Anyway, what do you want me to do with that poor scoundrel? He's tied up in the cellars of La Pierre's brewery, just like the others were. La
1: LaPellier.
0: Did you look that up or did you just make it up?
1: No, I just thought it sounded like a cool sort of French thing. And there is like an island somewhere called Le mm.
0: Um
1: It's not like much of a name, it seems, for like people. But it's it's like two, two words that can go together. So mm-hmm. now it's the brewery. Le Pellier. I'm
0: into it. Very good, Trotter, said Trotter's French interlocutor. Interlocutor?
1: I actually have no idea how to pronounce that word. I just oh. like it.
0: For someone we can't trust, you're very reliable. Now, will you please drink some of our wine? This is straight from the king's cellar, and far better than that sheep urine you call beer. That you call beer. Agatha didn't stick around to hear what the French authorities had planned. If Agatha were to... Ag- <laughs> Anthony were taken to the king's dungeon, or worse, then nothing short of a full-scale army would be able to bring Anthony back. She had to round up the crew and break Anthony out before he could be taken. How does she know it's him tied up at the brewery?
1: Um, she's just guessing. Good point. I think it's because some. how many Englishmen with great bodies could have been captured that night?
0: Yeah, but there should have been like one more thing like, you should see how straight and white his teeth are. Or uh, some, yeah. Like one more thing that so that she's like
1: flowing auburn hair. I think is involved. I don't
0: know. But so that she's like a little more. Certain. He has a scar on his.
1: And I'm pretty sure you saw Anthony naked, so right. that could be a. a he has a funny scar on his ass or
0: something, you know, <laughs> shit like that. He's got oh, a birthmark.
1: Yeah. Oh yes, yeah.
0: left hip.
1: Oh, the heart shaped birthmark is a classic. Or is
0: that you know? Yeah, I think you we no, need to put in we, one more. We
1: can <clears throat> we can add that. That makes this whole chapter completely believable.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the problem, right? The whole book, obviously, now is one thousand percent good to go. She had to round up the crew and break Anthony out before he could be taken. LOL. We're in, in between Liam Neeson and... um, What's his name? James Bond.
1: Oh, yeah. Daniel what's Craig. Daniel Craig.
0: <laughs> I wanted to call him first name Craig, and I couldn't get it to... <clears throat> she ran straight toward the Grand Entrance Salon and down the stairs, sipping gallons of champagne spilling oh spilling <laughs> i was like why she stop to drink <laughs> grabbing
1: well she's just running taking cutting, uh, glasses out of people's hands as they run that would be pretty fucking funny <laughs> we will do that in the movie version mm.
0: spilling <laughs> gallons of champagne as she jostled the waiters and partygoers, she flew down the steps and into the gardens at such speed that the indignant mutterings that followed her dissipated almost immediately Agatha completely forgot that she was wearing a royal footman's costume as she returned to the rowdier streets of Paris, but nobody stopped her before she reached Madame Eloise's establishment, out of breath and quaking with fear to Agatha's surprise. Madame Eloise and the rest of the crew were milling around in the foyer Agatha Madame Eloise beamed, "I'm pretty sure the men were about to go without you, as I told you before you so rashly ran off my girls were able to track down your lover in no time your lover asked lobo i'll explain later said agatha does anyone know where la pellier's brewery is how do you know about la pellier's brewery the cool detachment lobo had when needling agatha about her love life had dropped revealing an uncharacteristic discomposure as i said i'll explain later do we know where we're going are we ready Jack stepped in to speak for the dumbfounded Lobo. The lady told us where to find the captain. Follow me. The crew made haste through the streets, and Agatha found her way... sorry. Down her second foreboding basement stairwell in as many hours. Wow, I don't know why I had trouble with that. That sentence is fine. This time it was locked, but the sturdy old door was no match for Jack's shoulder. They stumbled by torchlight through... The winding hallways and past malodorous vats until they found the only locked door in the basement. Perhaps still feeling some pain in his shoulder, Jack kicked it down. Agatha tried her best to peer around Jack's bulk, but the shadow he enshrouded the whole but the shadow he cast, holy bananas, enshrouded the whole room. Her hopes, which she'd stayed careful to keep in check, even after of hearing of Anthony's whereabouts roared back to blazing light when Jack rumbled, Sir, are you okay, sir? Wow.
1: End of chapter.
0: Thank you for rescuing him, although I don't know why he was taken in the first place.
1: Well, we we know that, uh, like, it it was sort of a gamble that I had Agatha go on this whole wild goose chase when she would have been able to rescue him the same by staying... In the that is body house, but now she um knows that this trotter guy is indeed working hand in glove with the French authorities, which could be used in future plot points, yes, as things go forward. Um, so that's a, that, like, she still got some interesting information from Rashley running out and doing the thing. I also thought about, um Adding some more details so that we would know, like, I actually thought about this earlier in the scene and then forgot to write it in. Like, I was gonna have Trotter call the person he was talking to, like, you know, Mm. like, you know, uh, Gen- uh, General so-and-so.
0: Guillermo. Yes,
1: mm-hmm. exactly. General Guillermo. Um, and then we could have other characters to latch on to that would be like nemesis and pose obstacles. Even though, like mostly the crew's been its own obstacle mm-hmm. uh, for big parts of this book. But I think we're gonna, we're like reaching... Critical mass yeah. of
0: stupidity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And we just, we need to like have like the, I think we're in like the third act if it were a movie, that's not how books work, but whatever. We're getting to the point where they need to do like the heist or find the information or do Get the their something. Asses
0: back to and then, yeah. England. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I I'm on board with that.
1: All right. Well done. Thank you. It was fun. You know, uh if you can't write a good plot, you might as well buckle the swash. That's what yeah, I. Yeah, there so. you go. I, I got I gotta get the get the buckles swashed, mm-hmm. um, get the rips roaring, and <laughs> just just make the make the chapter go vroom. That was my motto.
0: Ah, fair enough, honey.
1: Yeah, there's no steering wheel, but there's a <laughs> gas pedal.
0: <laughs> Jesus took the wheel. It's
1: fine. Is there anything else before we? consign all of uh, our listeners to the hell of waiting another week for an episode?
0: I don't believe so.
1: Enjoy hell, everyone. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Languidly yours.